0: Welcome to the new Nurse Podcast. I'm Nurse Meg.
1: And I'm Nurse M.
0: Hi Nurse M. Hello. So we had Ruth the Cat and random cows interrupting our podcast last time. So <laughs> we'll see what happens with this one. No promises. Yeah. Stay tuned. No problem <laughs> You never really know what's gonna happen on our podcast, and I feel like The animals don't show up a lot. No, not too much. I mean, I'm kind of surprised that that was the first one that Ruth really had an opinion. (laughs) It's better than
1: um, the other night when I was on a Zoom call for school and I literally had my screen like off the entire time. And the minute I go to ask my professor a question and I put my screen on. Um, Ruth decides to jump on top of the desk and walk across the screen. (laughs) And I am so used to just picking her up. She's such an athletic, like, fit little cat so this sounds terrible i love her to death but i just like toss her like I pick (laughs) her up and toss her right cats always land you know we know this yeah and i just picked her up tossed her on over and then realized oh my gosh i just threw my cat in front of my whole class and my professor and they probably are gonna like report me for animal abuse because i literally like probably gave her like a nasty look and then picked her up and threw her
0: Oh, my gosh. Okay, but anyone like, who knows you knows that you're a complete animal lover.
1: I love her so much. And she totally, like, came right on back to me, and we snuggled.
0: It was fine. Well, that's the thing, though. <laughs> Nine times out of ten, they, they're not even, like, offended by it. Do you know what I mean? Oh, no, like, not at all. They're just like, oh, okay, all. this thing happened. So. We all
1: need to love a little bit more like Ruth,
0: you know? Aw, see, I like that. <laughs> and she's an orange kitty yes she's a very pretty tabby and I like little orange kitties yeah. okay so um that so there you guys go um I feel like now we're probably gonna have to have a picture of Ruth on the podcast at some point where everybody knows <laughs> or not the podcast but on like social Instagram. media yeah that way people know what little Ruth looks like
1: that can um, definitely be
0: arranged I know okay let's yeah make sure to do that will you yes um, so our so we've been talking about highly sensitive people, empaths, introverts, and then we touched upon the Enneagram. Um, so Emma and I just wanted to share a little bit more in depth about the Enneagram because it's a personality test. And I know as nurses, we've all sat through our fair share of personality tests. Um, but we were talking the last one, the last episode um and do you have what who who am I quote that you were sharing? Uh, um, yes, that was
1: Sandra Smith.
0: Um, will you say it again? Do you have a sure together? I do? Okay. All
1: thanks. right. A foundational theological question is who am I? If I don't know who I am, I can't be present to myself. I'm not available to me. If I'm not available to me, how can I be available to others or to the holy one?
0: So you guys kind of see where we're going with this. I mean, we love the idea of self-awareness—we love diving into who we are and who other people are—and um, we were talking too the last episode that you know until we really know ourselves, a lot of this remains like undiagnosed and we're unaware of yeah who yeah. we are, and so we probably are not getting the healing that we potentially need yeah. and or might struggle to find health because we don't really understand all the caveats to our own personalities and, and makeup, right? So it's so true. That's why you and I wanted to dive into this. Um,
1: I love and- that comparison. Oh, sorry, go ahead. What was that? Oh, the comparison? Yeah, like you're saying it's undiagnosed. And I, you said that last podcast, and you we're know, retouching on this. And um, I love the way you're saying that, because to me, it sounds like, you know that patient that comes in and you're like, yeah, they probably haven't been to the doctor in 20, right. 30 years. Yeah. Like, yes. it's just, you know, they, they're an undiagnosed diabetic. What's their what's their A1C? Like, mm-hmm. don't be the one with a mental A1C that's way high, you know? There you um, go. And so I think finding out these things about yourself are important. Um, and, and I feel like you'll go through different seasons where they will um, be a priority to you. But yeah, we just wanted to at least touch the surface.
0: Yeah. And I think if we take your example of an unknown elevated a1c um just because you don't know that it's elevated doesn't mean that you're not already starting to feel the negative effects and mm. repercussions of that right yeah, yeah like your body is not appreciating that and you're going to be living with um symptoms of diabetes that you don't even know about and there's something a lot of times there's an easy answer, Mm -hmm. um, to be able to keep it under control, right. To have a solution. And so I think likewise, sometimes we don't want to flip the light on in our own souls because we're afraid of what we're going to find back there. But the truth is, is that nine times out of 10, if you flip on the light, now you can actually like deal with it. And it's probably not even as messy as what you thought it was. Right. Right. Or maybe it is, but listen, who wants to continue to just like pile up the mess, right? Like, yeah. don't just be cramming stuff in a dark attic, like, oh, well, eventually it'll go away or like, it's not going to go away. Eventually yeah. you can't shut the door on it. So right, right. it's better to deal with it and, um, and be a wounded healer. I actually just put this, um.
1: Oh, yes. I know what you're going to say. And please read it because I really <laughs> liked
0: it. Um, I just put this on my personal Instagram page. Henry Nowin is an incredible thinker. Um, it says nobody escapes being wounded. We're all wounded people, whether physically, emotionally, mentally, or spiritually. The main question is not how can we hide our wounds? OK, that's what we're saying, like keep it in the dark so we don't have to be embarrassed. But how can we put our woundedness in the service of others? When our wounds cease to be a source of shame and become a source of healing, turn the light on, babe, we have become wounded healers. Yeah. And that could be one of the greatest reasons that Em and I even do this podcast, truthfully. Mm-hmm. Because we've walked a lot of the paths that you guys are currently on. And um, we know that there are people ahead of us. We know that there are people behind us on this journey. And like, what can we do to support one another, um, to cheer and champion one another on, and to just say, like, this is how, like, these are the resources that I have found to be helpful. Um, And one of those things is the Enneagram. Yeah. Look at that segue, hello. Loved it, you're so good at those. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, open up the Enneagram for us um like share a little, share a little bit about like what this really is and what it looks like.
1: Yeah. So I am very much so far from knowing the, too much about the Enneagram. I know myself and what I am within it. Um, but the little bit of research that I could find is basically the Enneagram describes how our behaviors can change over time. Um, it's a personality test with some, with some psychology mixed within it. Um, it talks about basically our nurturing of our lives, um, versus, and not to go too far ahead, but the Myers-Briggs is another personality, uh, inventory test. Um, and they both complement each other, but are also different. Uh, the Enneagram inventory explains the influences of one's basic fears and motivates or, and basic fears and motivations, and details each of the nine personality types route to self-actualization.
0: Which, wow, okay. I was I know what the Enneagram is, and will you read that one more time? Because I think yeah. that is like a really comprehensive um, statement. Yeah. yeah,
1: Yeah, exactly. So the Enneagram inventory explains the influences of one's basic fears and motivations, as well as details each of the nine personality types and their route to self-actualization.
0: Oh, freaking love this. Okay, so it is nine different personality types. Um, the best way to figure out which one you are is obviously to take a test. Uh, you can Google it. I think that that's how I had done it. Yeah, definitely. Time. Truity and... is
1: probably the best source. What is it? Uh, truity.com has oh. both the Myers-Briggs and the... Um, Enneagram. And I think that's yeah one of the better ones.
0: Okay, perfect. Um, This is something that actually my husband and I are both small business owners and we have brought this before our team um, because like I said, it's way easier to understand people if you actually know what number they are. So I understand that this probably won't be happening like unit wide that you all are going to be like, oh, this person's like a five and this person is a nine. But even when you understand what the makeup of those numbers are. Again, we don't want to put people into boxes, but you can kind of start to see people and say, I wonder if they are like a three and if they are, well, then this is where their value system lies. And what M just said, like, here's where probably some of their fears are. So is there a reason that they're being super aggressive in this certain situation? Well, if all of this lines up and that this is one of their fears then how could it maybe help to like speak back to it or alleviate it or fill in the blank? Like there's so many different ways to use this, but I know within our team, it definitely helped me um, in our small business to be like, Oh, I get it now. Like, this is why that person, you know, they're, they're a very like analytical thinker. And so that's why this kind of thing is very important for them. Yes. Um, even me, Looking at this through who I am and which number my husband is was super helpful because, again, it speaks back to your fears, which sometimes we're not good as a people to identify our fear. Like we might say, um, well, I'm just really scared about storms, but where did that actually come from? Oh, well, maybe it was because you know you had a parent, um, that. I don't know, spoke that fear and anxiety into you or had lived like down in New Orleans and had major um, natural disasters. Like, I don't know. I'm just trying to come up with some sort of like, yeah. random example. But I think a lot of times we can identify like the immediate fear. We don't always know where it's actually like rooted. Right. And once you understand where that's rooted from, it's so much easier to love your person, your spouse or yourself. Um, and then also to invite Jesus into those spaces, which is essentially turning the light back on and maybe some spaces that Satan is honestly trying to, um, have a little bit of like ownership and authority in, and he, he doesn't get that right to have that in your life. Right. So sometimes just by being able to like speak it out and to be like, Oh, this is why I'm scared. This is why I'm concerned. Right. um, Automatically diverts. Like there's a power shift. Right. Right. from like the negative back into like God's hand and God's control.
1: Yeah. Amen to that. And I think there, we talked about, um, unpacking, you know, trauma in our previous podcast. And I think there's, I think there's reason and there's a better understanding and way of appreciating certain trauma in obviously in different seasons from hindsight. And I think the same can be said about, um, your Enneagram and your personality type, um, in, in, In the same way that if you're not in a season where you can either have the time or you're not as interested in digging into this, um, hey, revisit this and look at, you know, keep it on the back burner. Um, But also to say that appreciating this and um, within yourself, I think then in turn, like with what you're saying, Meg, about being small business owners and using it within your colleagues and your teams. I think that knowing it and appreciating it in yourself, I find myself now in a season where I'm like, like with what you're saying, you're guessing what other people are. I'm like, have you ever taken this? Do you know what you are? Because <laughs> you want to know. Yeah. Um, and I think that that will come with time and in, in certain seasons, um, but also with what you're saying with knowing what, pe- what people are, I'm a big person on analogies. And it reminds me of kind of like, for example, a girl at work Um, say there's a colleague who continues to call off and everyone's complaining. Oh my gosh, she keeps calling off. It's so annoying. And really once you find out, Oh, the reason she's calling off is random example. Her child is having mental health issues like Mm -hmm. suicidal ideations in and out of psych places, whatever. And you all of a sudden feel yourself grasp this whole different Appreciation
0: mm-hmm. and
1: knowledge of what you were understanding prior. Yeah. And I think that can speak really highly off of the Enneagram as well.
0: Yeah. Oh, I'm glad that you said that. It's really good. Yeah. Like, it's really good. I think it gets us out of like a, a negative mind space, it gets us out of prejudging. Yeah. You know? people and just assuming that we know and that's why I'm saying like you do to be careful with the Enneagram that you don't just throw somebody back into a box right and you know especially if they didn't take the test or just because they did take the test like I am an Enneagram too um, but not everything is true for me do you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying and I've shared a couple of episodes ago with a highly sensitive person that I have a twin and she is not an HSP and guess what she is not a two on the Enneagram and so it would be easy to assume like, oh, well, there's a twin. And so probably her twin is like this too. You know what I mean? But that's not true. And so we still need to be really careful um, to one, not be, yeah, diagnosing everybody in like an unhealthy way. Right. Um, and, and continue to use these tools for good, I guess is what I'm saying, because there's always a space that you can be like, well... Like I said, there's, there's a shadow side to each one of the Enneagrams. They do speak back to that personality to say a lot of times, like what is a negative motivator for you? Mm -hmm. Um, so a two, obviously like the, the, one of the benefits, um, it's called the helper. And so at first blush, just because of the name, you're like, well, everybody wants to be a two. Um, and we do tend to be those people that go into like humanitarian services, which is wonderful. Uh, side is that we can like totally martyr ourselves and light ourselves on fire to keep everybody else warm and have absolutely no boundaries to the point that sometimes we can continue to enable people's like unhealthy behaviors wow, that doesn't feel very good. Do you know what I'm saying? But the reason that I can speak to all of that is because um, you have to be willing to look at the positives and the shadow side of potential, like I said, motivators, I guess. um, And to say, does this fit me? Right. And some of it, sometimes it will fit. And other times, like I've read other things and I'm just like, okay, but that doesn't really fit me at all. Or maybe that fit me for a season. And now I'm much healthier and put in boundaries more regularly. So I'm not an enabler anymore or whatever right. it could be. Right. Um, and so I think I kind of don't even I mean, do you want to read off the personality types or not really? Because like, I kind of don't even want people to like. Categorize. Yes. Like throw yeah. themselves into the one that they think that they should be. But I want it would, you to just like take the test.
1: Yeah. But it would be interesting to see like, do you choose the one that you end up becoming or not becoming do you choose the one that you end up resulting in with your test results
0: oh that would be interesting you know um, maybe just
1: read like the name of them and not the descriptions okay what do you think
0: yeah that's fine what number are you
1: I am a two because so do you know what your second number is because they will do like the two with the wing or the wing yeah yeah so mine is a two with three Um, slash, I'm really close to my second number being a nine as well. Like, they're the three and nine are very close to one another, but the three wins by a tidbit. That does not surprise me
0: at all. So, basically, Emily and I are the same person, is what we continue to tell you guys. Um, and I'm a helper with a wing three as well. And I think what's interesting though is that it also tells you, um, which number you become when you're stressed, and that often becomes your shadow side. So, if you're a two and you're a helper. Um, where you go when you're stressed is to an eight, which is the challenger. And there are a lot of really great things about the challenger. Um, Mm. but it's kind of interesting that you also see what shadow side like rears up. Like, so when I become really stressed, I tend to become more controlling. Mm. Um, Like I try to control the situation. I try to take control if nobody is taking control of the situation. Yep. I sound like,
1: that. yep, I'm, like, hearing myself on the other side. Yeah. So number one is considered the reformer. Uh-huh. Two, obviously, we've talked about is the helper. Three is the achiever. Four is the individualist. Five, the investigator. Six is the loyalist. Seven is the enthusiast. Eight is the challenger. Nine is the peacemaker. So good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I-
0: I really like it. Um have you, you said that you read Richard Rohr's book on this, right?
1: I no, I have not. You know, I really haven't started digging into this too much and honestly until like COVID and it's been really on and off looking into it, so I haven't dug into it as much as I would like to. But you're saying Richard Rohr. I do have like I did find some information on on him when looking all of this up.
0: Yeah he's he's a um francescan monk i think that that's the order that he belongs in um so he is he's really interesting to dive into and i just i was asking you m just because um i i was wondering because he has written a book about this there's a lot of different books out there and didn't Um, he
1: write off of the christian
0: perspective yes and i really i like that too because i think that it helps us to continue to keep that healthy perspective Yes. Um. There's another one. The road back to you. Yes. The and road back to you. I've never read that one, but I really I want haven't to.
1: either. But that one and the path between us are both now on my list, and they are both a Suzanne Stable, S-T-A-B-I-L-E. Um. And then the road back to you is also co-wrote, I believe, with uh Ian Cron, who does a lot of work within this stuff as well.
0: Yes. 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 Um. I'm really glad that you said all of that. That's really good. I'm literally. On also there's study guides I'm on Amazon right now there are study guides for the road back to you so it might even be interesting if you're gonna if you're gonna dive into this not like you but um not you Emily but like other people that are listening right now I don't have time for I sure don't but um but you could grab like you know two or three friends maybe and and work through some of this together because it does tend to be some really big um concepts yeah I guess so like breaking it down might be helpful if you have somebody else to dialogue with just think yeah. it out loud like clearly you don't have to do it that way um, but you can over 500,000 books sold Guys, you should just listen to M and I just for like a reading list. I feel like every other episode we're throwing out a new book, book. whether we've
1: read it or not, whether it's on our list, like, listen, <laughs> bury me
0: in my grave. I
1: know they won't go with me, but I'll ask Jesus if I can like bring them in with my soul. If um the books I didn't get to read can come with me to heaven. So
0: right. There's a reason to do like a social media fast just so that we yeah. all have more time to actually read. Like the thoughts of everybody else, because there's so much brilliant work out there. There's just not enough time.
1: So true. There was, um, I was looking at, because I always like to be solution based. You know, yeah. we talk about all these things and, okay, but moving forward, how can we apply it in um, a healthy way? And there was a website. Now, don't judge me on this. I think I Pinterest, I think it was like a Pinterest thing I found way back. But it was their website is called nomads with a purpose. And they created this really cool diagram of self care tips for your Enneagram, um, which I feel like is like a nice little cliff notes. If you don't have a lot of time to dig in fully to your Enneagram or Myers-Briggs, whatever. So I'm going to read these real quick and paraphrase. If you don't know your Enneagram, zone me out. If you do, like, listen for your number and things that you could try to maybe apply to your week. Okay. Love so, self care tips for your Enneagram a one, um, good ideas to try to do. Invite friends over to try a new recipe, go for um, group fitness class or journaling. A two, make time to fill your own tank, things like rest, workout, cook, or yoga. A three, try eating your meals without distractions. Four, start writing a gratitude list every night. Five, do some slow, dynamic exercise like vinyasa yoga. Six, go for a walk or immerse yourself in your favorite hobby. Seven, listen to music that provokes emotion or embrace silence for 30 minutes a day. Eight, get a massage, try a facial, attend a restorative yoga class. And nine, start a new creative hobby or go on a
0: small adventure. Yay! Yay. that was perfect that was compl- I, I love it guys we're going to continue to do to do these podcasts forever just because I love them so much um, <laughs> and learn so much but I think this will be the wrap up for this episode yeah that was a, that was a good ending I like that I thought
1: you know try to apply them for your week challenge I accepted huh
0: <laughs> application I do love a good application yes you. All right, well, um, Em, it's always nice chatting with you. Same. And uh, everybody else, you guys, we will be, um, ooh, we're going to be having a guest on very soon. Um, not sure yet if we're going to go live or if it's going to be uh, via a podcast, but she is a massive influencer in the nursing world. Um, and so more to come on that because that's yeah. going to be happening in like, uh, basically as soon as I'm back home from Italy. <laughs> yeah, it and really is. September. Yay, so exciting. All right, guys. Well, hey, you take care of yourselves. Um, take some of the application that M just said and put it into your life and see if it doesn't make things just a little bit better. Love it. Sending love. Bye. Bye. Bye.